0: Are the future. So listen close. Reality is a lot deeper than many realize. From ideas to creation to wonder. The AOK podcast to me is a wonderland of possibilities. Around here, the subject is what we appreciate in our realities. So welcome. Join me and others as we voyage on adventures and discussions through pop culture with many thoughts and dreams and live them. Something is real to us the moment it affects us. As temporary as it may be, the mind and the heart can be a wonderful place to visit. Because once we escape and once we return to where we left off before, the world is never the same. So now, how about we escape? Up. I hope you enjoy this first dive into the Mass Effect series featuring yours truly and my boy aka Josh aka Benjamin Shepard. So I did write down some notes here and there to make sure we didn't forget anything but each game has so many awesome stuff about it of course we will have more in-depth stuff for Mass Effect 1 and onward in more episodes to come in this little mini-series of ours that I'm probably going to call... It's the Tale of Two Shepherds or something like that. I don't know. It probably isn't really a, a the best title um, since it's referencing a story that isn't really anything like this, but it's just, <laughs> it just sounds uh, pretty funny. But anyway, um, I'll label them so it's easy to keep track as we upload other episodes in between. But for future reference, if you listened to my Mass Effect and Me podcast, uh, I believe it's actually titled Mass Effect Me and Lego if I remember correctly. Uh, that was originally recorded a few years back and I touched it up and re-uploaded it on the channel here but since then I have completed all the story related DLC and all the of all the games and have experienced so much more. and Josh is experiencing a lot of it firsthand as we go through. So, yeah, we have a lot of information to cover. It may seem a little rushed in this episode, but no worries. We will be tackling a lot of our favorite big and small pieces that made the Mass Effect story a whole universe. So, I hope you enjoy. P.S. Sorry for the sound quality in this episode. My mic was tripping, and I couldn't fix it. And some of these things I probably did touch upon in my re-upload of that previous episode, but just... Uh, Repetition for emphasis as I always say So alright, so until then I should go I am Commander Shepard And joining me today is also Commander Shepard Well let's be more specific You're Benjamin Shepard And I am, well Which one do I choose today? I have like four different ones But I guess today my favorite will be Tyson Shepard Thanks for joining me today, Shepard. Absolutely. <laughs> so the Reapers came, they saw and well. Did they win? It all comes down to how we lo- lived as our respected Commander Shepherds. How many times will we say Shepherds in this podcast? We'll see. So for those who may not be familiar with the Mass Effect games in NS show, go play them. It's awesome. So, how did you first get into the Mass Effect series?
1: You... uh yeah you just asked if i played them i said i had not uh i've had like brief exposure like anybody you know on the internet or um just seeing stuff through xplay uh reading game reviews and game informer um but i've never played them and then we started play through about six months ago
0: yeah just about very very nice um yeah, that's my mine was also from an, a friend, an old coworker of mine who was asking if I wanted to if I was going to play the Mass Effect three game when it when it came out. I I kind of knew roughly about the other games, but I didn't know too much about them. And when I picked up the third one, we actually played the demo first, and that one that was how I got into it. Just playing the demo three, and I got hooked from there.
1: Oh, actually. Um, so I got Andromeda before I would ever played any of the other Mass Effect games. about That's right. Yeah, I completely forgot because we—that's how we got on the topic of Mass Effect. Yeah. Th- as the trilogy, because um, I got Andromeda, and this must have been after most of the bugs were fixed, because <laughs> I got it and it was serviceable. Like it was an alright game. Um, there were some things that. Story wise, were a little weak as far as the antagonists. I thought that the side stories were really good, the side characters were great. Um, but overall, it was a fine game. I know a lot of people were upset, but I hadn't had any attachment to the franchise at that point. Uh, so then you asked me if I'd play the other so Yeah, I hadn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, that's why I like the perspective too that we have because um, with Andromeda, for me, if, if any of you have seen my previous episodes about this, I talked about my first impressions and afterwards. Um, coming back again to it now and when we'll visit that topic again in the future, because I'm actually replaying the games again now, but after replaying it um, about two times after going through the trilogy, I finally realized that, yeah, good game. Uh, Could have been better, but still pretty decent. Um, so with that Since I've been actually Uh, we've actually been together Watching Uh, his playthrough of the Uh, series And it looks like Well, from what we've seen The Male shepherd Shepherders you go to Do you have any interest In the Female shepherd? There's not yeah. too many Differences, but
1: Yeah, uh, I'll probably Once I get my Xbox up and running right now Um Maybe some more renegade choices, because my current playthrough, he's he's a good boy.
0: Yeah, it's actually pretty funny because I did the same thing. My female uh, shepherd is renegade, not completely renegade because I don't want to be heartless in the Mass Effect universe. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I've seen a lot of people default to the female being uh, renegade, but Jennifer Hale Jennifer Hale's voice for some reason in this game just seems renegade for some reason in a good way yeah <laughs>
1: yeah i have a hard time making bad choices in video games yep. uh like <laughs> i've grown up playing the kotor series uh and so to for you know being part of that and the dark side options always get you stuff but it's usually at the cost of awful things happening to people um So ever since then, I just, I haven't been able to make dark side decisions, but Mass Effect, at least you're doing the wrong things for the right reason. Like, it's not a selfish thing, it's just you being a jerk versus being nice about it, basically, is what it seems like anyways.
0: And those big game choices are colored red, and who who can resist red? It's it's so nice, it has the passion in it, you know? But, (laughs) (laughs) um... And actually a correction with what I was saying before with Jennifer Hale and the female Shepherd there are definitely some significant differences for, for sure but it's not like it's a completely different playthrough but there are significant uh, choices that make it worth playing both sides for sure. And I notice a lot of a lot of the community does favor female Shepherd over male Shepherd because you know Jennifer Hale, and I enjoy them both, honestly. Um, I do favor Mark Mir, and I don't know. It's just something about Mark Mir's voice—just that that deep, not really aggressive, but more. Oh, so, well, it can be aggressive, but the just the deep, assertive voice he has just really speaks to me. And I guess it just fits for how I uh, perceive Shepard in my playthroughs. For the majority of my playthroughs.
1: Gotcha.
0: And it sounds like you. Definitely. From what I've seen, too, you've preferred more of the Paragon than Renegade.
1: Yeah, I just, I one of my favorite Marvel characters uh, in the MCU, anyways, is Captain America. Um, I, I like kind of morally upright Paragon's virtue of justice as the, <laughs> the symbol of hope and peace. And I think that Shepard being that, be, because he's the one to unite the galaxy against Reaper Threat, um, it just, it felt appropriate.
0: As Captain America has said before and again and again and again I can do this all day and as Paragon so can we and Let yeah the that's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's actually some fun things uh, that dive deeper into that ending too that I want to look into in the future um, Marauder shields is a cool series that i want to check out that actually kind of deals with the massive three ending and kind of goes deeper into what could have been and touches on what was already established with Is the ending
1: um
0: it's a webcomic okay and it's just called marauder shields it's based off of the meme that's been uh, around that character at the end uh that's just a random marauder but um fun fact it's a um in the story it's revealed that it's, actually I, I could be misquoting here, but from what someone had told me, it's supposed to be, um, Saren. But, I I don't get how, oh no no not Saren, uh, Nihilus. Um, I don't know if you remember Nihilus. The first, uh, terrain you run into, the, the Spectre in Mass Effect 1.
1: Oh yeah, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he gets no, shot, yeah. In, yeah. I don't get how they introduce Nihilus, reintroduce Nihilus into the story, but it looks really cool. Um, but like I said, that's someone—that's something someone told me, so I'm not sure how the story pans out, but I'm sure it's something regarding yeah, Nihilus. Yeah, and I mean, comics, for instance, they bring back dead characters all the time, so why not Nihilus in this regard? Even though he got shot in the back of the head, point blank, but you know. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, Renegade is something where you can do a lot of Renegade and still be... Like you said, a lot of the Renegade is still for the greater good. And then sometimes it's like, man, I felt like a real jerk doing that move. Yeah, it
1: feels (laughs) kind of like good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Yeah. Almost like a dirty cop, because you can... I think it was in Aspect 2. Was it the Smuggler mission where... It's a little side quest. Uh, somebody's smuggling something in to Ilium. And you can turn them in, but you can also... I think you can, like, get a cut of whatever it is if... Kind of like taking a bribe. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'm will i not going to report you if you give me money, kind of thing. Um, so I, I just didn't want the a to come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and something that's really cool, too, is with... The shepherds, especially in the first game, you get to choose your background and playstyle, and it does actually from the beginning. You don't really. It's hard to really grasp how it affects your playstyle or how it's going to affect the story, but later on, you kind of figure out that it kind of differs with how you gain experience, how you gain your Paragon and Renegade points when you make the respective choices, and I don't quite remember what choices you made as far as your background and playstyle in the first game. I'm not sure if you remember that.
1: Uh yeah I chose Colonist and basically um I mean it 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 did influence the beginning a little bit. It not much has been brought up. Um it mostly well, it came up a few times in the first game. Yeah, It feels like it was kind of dropped. Um, yeah. But, I, I... Something that I really enjoy about the Mass Effect games is that it does remember your choices. Mm-hmm. And sometimes forces you into certain choices. <laughs> uh, so, for the listeners, <laughs> I knew that I wanted to romance somebody who was going to be romanceable in the second game. So I <laughs> didn't choose a single romance option. Yeah. <laughs> And at the very end, when you're going on this, like, last-ditch suicide mission thing against uh, uh, Sovereign and Saren, um, before you do that, one of the characters, the character that you chose to save, um, comes up and gives you a kiss, and it slots you into a a romance. (laughs) So when I started up Mass Effect 2... Uh, And you get on the Normandy, you know, spoiler alert, Normandy. First Normandy is destroyed, the second one gets rebuilt. Uh, On your desk, you have a picture of whoever you romanced in the last game, and I was surprised to see a picture of Ash on my desk, despite the fact that I wanted to romance Jack. and I had no interest in romancing Ashley. Uh, I just didn't find her that compelling of a character in Mass Effect 1. Kind of yeah. racist. Yeah. And I get why she was the way she was, but I just didn't like her. But the game forced me into it. And I was like, ah, uh, the game surely has forgotten about that. But as soon as I booted up Mass Effect 3 last night, or, uh, <laughs> was it last night? Yeah, yeah last yeah. night into today. Um, it, you know, it, it's going through when you're about to download your Shepard. And the first thing it said. Was oh you romance Ashley in Mass Effect One? I did not. <laughs> and then uh, there's a there's a dialogue option with Ashley, and you say that something to the effect of um, things are things never changed between us, or whatever that is. I'm like, oh yeah. great, it's forcing me into another romance, which is really gonna make Jacky. <laughs> Jack, she may Jack you. Jack's who I chose. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she just tossed my shepherd out of an airlock or something. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> right out the airlock, no hesitation. That's actually hilarious when we saw that happen too. Because yeah, the first game I've noticed with the community with a, a lot of the podcasts I've listened to they the first game does pretty much kind of force you into a relationship and a lot of people get really triggered about it me i found it more amusing than anything but from the get-go i usually have a character i wanted to romance in the first game excluding um like when i wanted to romance tally or played as the female shepherd and want to romance Garrus, for instance but still i never really ran into that issue but i found it was kind of funny how (laughs) josh got into that situation and i remember in two (laughs) At first you wanted to romance Tally but yeah, then switched I wanted, to Jack
1: yeah because I'm like, uh oh, you know what Jack seems a little more fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that yeah because
1: Tally, Tally's very safe she's she's literally led a sheltered life because yeah. of the Koreans' biosuits but uh Jack was different she, she's hard to get yeah <laughs> uh, she's very um, very volatile. I, I don't know if that, that shows something about my psyche or whatever. <laughs> I think it but, does. But I was like, oh, Jack seems pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't regret it. I, I like helping people and I helped her open up a bit. It made me feel good.
0: Shout out to Jaguar50. I hope I'm quoting that name correctly on YouTube. He uploaded pretty much all the possible cutscenes you could have. Uh, especially the romance ones on YouTube and when i worked at a call center overnight i got a chance to catch up on a lot of that stuff and find out a lot of the cutscenes that i probably would have missed because i didn't want to take those uh options uh, or at least not anytime soon like uh the as much as i love these characters like uh jack's romance i'm actually doing jack's romance on well i used to before my playstation had crashed and lost all my save files uh, my previous save file was doing uh, Jack romance and that was when I had on my YouTube channel and I've seen the cutscenes thanks to Jaguar 50 how it plays out and I, at first I thought Because the characters weren't in the game as much. I didn't think the uh, relationships would be as cool But the way the Mass Effect 3 works with a new DLC and stuff. It actually turns out to be really more uh, More in depth than what it originally was so fortunately these characters have been a lot better. So, shout out to Jaguar for uploading that content. And um, with that in mind, actually, do you have any favorite squad mates currently besides Jack?
1: I like Garrus. Uh, the way he developed in Mass Effect 2 was really cool. Space um, Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I made a choice in Mass Effect 1 that I don't know if I should have, but I let him kill this mad scientist and then he's been a little uh a little edgy ever since but i like that about him i appreciate garris's character uh morton's from mass effect 2.
0: yep
1: rex isn't in mass effect
0: 2. Well, he i mean is, he is but he... he's not a he's not, not, not a spot a, mate yeah.
1: yeah um joker got me killed ha <laughs> ha
0: Boy, he, he, he kind of
1: apologizes at
0: one point. He kind of. It's
1: a one. It's one line. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forgive Seth Green.
0: Uh. Screw you, Seth Green, and your robot chicken. Nah I'm joking. You're, I, you're awesome, Seth Green.
1: <laughs> uh, I gotta say, probably yeah, probably Garrison. Honestly, though, like I've told you before, <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot about Mass Effect One. Uh, my my playthrough was riddled with bugs which that made it memorable in a way but between the gameplay you know it's it's an older game and i can't fault it for that but the gameplay is a little stiff uh,
0: <laughs> especially the makeup
1: some of the voice acting doesn't flow super well uh the the, the weird uh glitches that i was encountering <laughs> At one point, I ran over a concrete barrier with the the Mako, and it got <laughs> stuck in my wheels, and so I was bouncing like I was in a lowrider.
0: Crazy hydraulics.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, the story is what I remember. I don't remember too much about the characters, but Mass Effect Two is really well made. Oh yeah, these characters shine for me. So,
0: um, so Mass Effect One had. The OGs, of course, uh, Tally, Rex, Garrus, um, Ashley, Caden, and Liara.
1: You know what? I like Tally. I think Tally was probably my second favorite after Garrus. Nice.
0: Uh, no love for Rex?
1: Rex is alright. I, like, <laughs> I like Rex. He's just not my fave.
0: Makes sense. I, I like is Grunt he, more, technically
1: start is he the
0: guy who was war from start nah uh, i
1: know one of the Krogan is.
0: yeah the, the one who voiced the the one who warf voiced was uh he actually voiced like two krogan at the very least and two he voiced the one that was against grunt taking on his um right right passage, passage yeah. and then the other random krogan that kind of helped us get past that barricade when we first ran into when we were going on the uh, Okir mission, but yeah, that's good, pretty good choices. It's kind of uh, very similar to a lot of the community, a lot of the fan. I mean, all the characters have their, like, there are a lot, a lot of the characters are liked or at least beloved, or beloved, at, or at least liked among the, among the community, but uh, Garrus, Tally are definitely some of the higher tier uh, liked, and Jack as well. Um, mine are very similar. I mean, I love all the characters, to be honest, even some of the not-so-favorites like Jacob and Ashley and uh, James. I like them a lot, but not as much as other characters. in um, th- as far as the first game goes, um, Tally and Garrus are my top favorites. Uh, Liara I liked a lot because she had this shyness and mysteriousness to her that I felt was really interesting. And,
1: yeah, Liara was really cool. Yeah. I
0: like it. And plus, she's 108, so even though some people can go their whole life without doing too much, I feel, as an archaeologist, she must have uncovered some really cool stuff, and the way you talk to her and how she kind of opens up in the first game was really cool. Even though the game, even though the series kind of put, not really pushes you, but kind of like, you you can tell they put more work into Liara's relationship as opposed to everyone else's. It, It makes sense, because... They wanted to make sure, like throughout all the possibilities, there's always at least one that you can make through each game without them dying, just in case. So that way, it all connects at the end. So that that makes sense that they had this one vital point throughout all that. So we have the we have the background. We get to choose our characters. So uh, all my characters. We're all custom except one. um I did the default because the default shepherd's pretty cool. um You had a customized shepherd, and you had him more like Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he he looks
1: a bit like a cross between Clint Eastwood and Rod Serling, like a younger Clint Eastwood, <laughs> um, right. the creator of the Twilight Zone. So I'm, I'm big fan of his. Uh, I guess it it just kind of happened that way. um And Mass Effect Three decided to dump that, so I had to rebuild him from scratch.
0: Yeah, um, for some reason, as many times as I've played each game, like, at the minimum, I've played each game at least about 10 times. I've run into my share of glitches for sure. Funny enough, not as much as I've run into with Andromeda, but I had Andromeda launch day, so that makes a lot of sense. Mass Effect 3 and Andromeda, I had launch day, so I didn't run into as many glitches with 3, but I- either way, it's hilarious that as many glitches as I've run into, the ones that Josh has run into... From the first game alone, was like triple. It's as much as I've ever run into. Yep.
1: <laughs> In one playthrough, I've had more glitches than you've had. In like <laughs> all three games combined over your thirty playthroughs. It, it,
0: it was a ball. I, I wish that we could have gotten a chance to actually record it. But um, what he was saying before too, with how three didn't want to import it for some reason. I don't really one. I don't really know why the my PlayStation Three for some reason. Has been issues. Has been having issues connecting the last couple of days to my internet, but technically it shouldn't still have an issue importing a save file that's on the console itself. But whatever, another glitch, I guess. So, chose our backgrounds. Um, so with Tyson, uh, he's the one I named all my characters reminiscent of who they're romancing. So Tyson starts with a T. He romances. Uh, tally, my Jackson Shepherd romances Jack, my Lincoln Shepherd romances Liara. I think you get the point from here. uh Tyson was I think he was an adept i I always choose biotics to some degree um uh, male Shepherd obviously, uh mainly Paragon uh his background I think was spacer, so he was on space, never really was on earth too much. And, yeah, I just love Biotics. I love being, I love feeling like a space Jedi, minus the lightsaber, unfortunately. Um, so after the prologue, we end up going to Eden Prime, and we get introduced with, uh, Nihilus, as we were talking about before. Uh, I remember he was, like, actually the first alien that I saw in Mass Effect, back when X-Play was doing their review on the game, and back then I remember- Remembering, dude, this alien looks kinda cool, but, um at the same time looks a little gnarly. Then I remember seeing coverage on it from the show Cheat as well, on G4. But I didn't have an Xbox at the time, and uh, Mass Effect 1 was exclusive, and I didn't know 2 wasn't, so I didn't end up picking it up until, like I said, 3. So, it is interesting though how in the first game you can kind of have a Bit of Turian racism <laughs> with a few, uh, oh, which a few yeah. humans still have after what happened with the Cosmos. I mean, wars.
1: This, the war was what, yeah, 30 years ago,
0: yeah, so it was pretty recent still. <laughs> as far as like when you compare that to everything else that's happened, right. like that happened with humankind just wanting to explore space and everything, so much stuff was happening at once. Right. <laughs> So, um, let's see. So we dealt with Eden Prom. We got a chance to explore the ship and talk to people like, uh, Dr. Chocolates. Well, I call her Dr. Chocolates, but her name is, you know, Dr. Chocolates. I just like saying Dr. Chocolates because of the Mass Effect poop series on YouTube. (laughs) Um, we talked to, uh, I forgot his name. I call him Redshirt because he dies on the first mission. A Star Trek reference. Is, yeah, is it Richard or is it yellow shirt? It's red shirt. Red shirt.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I don't remember his. Oh, name. Oh, Jenkins. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Which is a very that's a very like. <laughs> let's let's pick a, a Jenkins to kill off. I think uh, I, I forget. Like every, basically every series has every sci fi series has a private Jenkins. Yeah. And they usually die horrific. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he probably didn't die- He probably didn't suffer too much, but I'm sure it was pretty painful. Yeah, like, they, he was turned into Swiss cheese pretty fast, but... Hey, I mean, he gave it his all, even though even though it wasn't all that much, but... <laughs> it's interesting, though, like, with the Tyrian racism, how it kind of drops after the first game. Like, you, you have a few dialogue options where it's like... um, Like, you can choose at one point, I don't feel comfortable working with a Tyrion. Uh, you can say that even to Garrus. Uh, when you first recruit him, there's a point where you can actually... Now, I I don't know if this is correct or not. Um, what I've seen on the internet is that there's actually a a way you can not recruit Garrus. And when you run into him in Mass Effect 2, the dialogue is just... Instead of saying like, Oh, Garrus, what's up? Instead it's like, Garrus? Garrus Vakarian, is that you? Remembering him from when you first saw him on the Citadel. Now I don't know if that's legit Because I don't know who would want to play the first game Without Garrus but apparently I see that as a possibility Rumor, quote unquote But uh, What did you think of Eden Prime In general? Do you remember Eden Prime? <laughs> yeah, no it was
1: it was fun A uh, good introductory mission Um The planet would have been nice if it weren't full of dragons teeth, yeah. Which are these big Spikes that have people stuck on them and then they get all <sighs> reperified. Um, yeah. and it was crawling with Geth, which looking back, I feel a little bad about killing. Because <laughs> Mass Effect Two reveals that basically they were they were um, indoctrinated sort of like any human can. Right. So I'm like, uh oh, I thought these guys were just just evil and like worshiping Saren but no they can be fixed and uh my my geth kill count was through the roof it was a couple hundred <laughs> yeah. so yeah looking back I feel like a genocidal monster but no solid opening um yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those major miscommunication elements. And um, I remember Legion talking about how they, you know, they, they did legitimately choose to do that. And then over time, they ended up just um, being indoctrinated, as pretty much everyone does when dealing with Reapers. Um, Eden Prime was really cool. The name of alone is really nice. Um, it's kind of messed up how Eden Prime always ends up being just messed up. Like if I remember correctly, yeah. it's it, it's in every every game, and there's always some crap happening.
1: Was e- it in two?
0: Um, oh no, Horizon was in two. Oh, okay, never mind. It's, well, human colonies end up just getting jacked up. I right. should say then.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Mass Effect One starts off with the human colony getting destroyed. Mass Effect Two starts off with you investigating a destroyed human colony, and uh, <laughs> Mass Effect Three. Guess what? Earth is destroyed. <laughs> Humans have they, they they've got tough luck this Yeah.
0: That's why in pop culture you never live in the major cities because they're always the first to go.
1: Space has not been kind. Because as soon as humanity started off they were attacked by the Tyrians. Yeah. Then that got fixed and then the Geth and Reapers nobody likes humanity, so no one believes you, and then you start to get some street cred and respect at the end of Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, you die, <laughs> <laughs> and then you come back after Project Lazarus, and oh yeah, you so see you wake up and this whole facility is like under attack or whatever, everybody's dying around you, and then you get put right back into action, you go to another human colony, and it's been devastated by the Collector's then you leave mm-hmm. that colony and go to another colony, and that's been devastated by the Collectors. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's horrifying, man. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be human in that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's actually something I wanted to just mention, too. I, I gotta say this pretty much all the time, but Bioware, why? C- I mean, yeah, we can play as aliens in the multiplayer, but come on, put some... Put like a story portion or some DLC where we can play as a character that's an alien in the actual story. But either way, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and here are our qu- very lovely message from my sponsor. And when we come back, you know what time it is, then more Mass Effect.
1: we're back so we're actually talking
0: about this real briefly about the the, the, i'm commander shepard this is my favorite uh story of the citadel meme um for those who don't know um mark mir actually had i forget what it's called but there's this thing you can do where you can request him to say like a short clip for like 25 bucks i'm like that's a good deal (laughs) at least in my opinion so um another podcast uh that i mentioned on my previous mass effect episode was reignite and after a little bit they had each episode end with mark mayor actually saying i'm commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the citadel so i'm going to be doing that for um our rpg that will be launching um, hopefully sometime next month and
1: hmm,
0: probably do it again for some other podcast in the future maybe our f- future mass effect themed episodes but yeah i'm looking forward to it for those who don't know just Go follow him on Instagram. I think it's just Mark Meir or something like that and he has a link to it in his bio. So uh, shout out to Mark Meir for being a very awesome uh, guy just like Jennifer Hale is. So um, anyway, Eden Prime was pretty cool. Very good. uh, First level establishing the seriousness of what we're dealing with. uh, The craziness of the geth. uh, Just pure chaos. You know, we deal with the geth. We deal with these crazed humanoid creatures that we've, you know, first find out as husks, then we find out there's a deeper meaning behind that. And the whole Saren betrayal with um, Nihilus. This was before I read the books too. So this was was my first interaction with with Saren. So I I didn't really know what to, I didn't know how to peg him. But after I read the book, uh, which I believe was called Revelation, I started to realize Saren unfortunately in the game wasn't as deep as he was in the book now he it wasn't a huge different it wasn't it wasn't a huge leap but uh, you know reading the book revelation before playing the game or at least reading the game or reading the game reading the book <laughs> <laughs> reading the book and then playing the game again um gives you a better grasp of saren and and even by the end of the game you kind of see he's not really
1: all that bad, it's kind of just... Because he sees this oncoming apocalypse and says, like, oh, but if we side with them, maybe we can change, and... Yeah. You know, maybe we can change them, and... Spoiler alert, he's basically a Reaper. Like, his... Even from the beginning, it was, like, one. (laughs) Yeah, you you can see a lot of his technological upgrades, but then he dies and comes back, and he's very skeletal and kind of mechanical. Um, Yeah, that was scary. Thankfully my Paragon was through the roof. So yeah. I was able to convince him to try and resist for a brief moment. So my final fight wasn't as difficult as it could have been.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing too. My first runaround, I don't know why this was like this, but my first run around I wasn't able to hit a lot of those moves. Um, for some reason all of the paragon options, even though I wanted to. I still don't to this day I don't know how that happened, but um so we were able to recruit ashley in this mission <laughs> yeah unfortunately she's not really too favored in the community i i like her but she's not one of my top favorites
1: um i like her mass effect 3 so far she's nicer but i'm angry that the game forced me to romance her so i think i've got a I, I, little bit of a chip on my shoulder because of that yeah i'm, I'm biased i understand that
0: She's definitely... Her and Caden are definitely at their best in three. A lot of the characters are, fortunately. Um, so then we get... We run into the... Uh, Prothean artifact. We get a, we kind of get a glip, uh, glimpse of what's really going on. Uh, why Saren is here. Why he killed Nihilus. And... Um, at that point, we kind of get this crazy vision. That never really...
1: Yeah, it, you, you don't get too much... Yeah. From that again, uh, I, it's not really ever brought up in Mass Effect 2 at all. You don't get anything like that.
0: Nah. Um, Three, you kind of do, but you'll you'll see um, in a, in you know, a little it, bit how it plays out. Not
1: that they forgot that the Reapers were thing, because they are a big thing in Mass Effect 2. But it's almost yeah. like Shepard's PTSD from yeah. the was kind of sidelined a bit. Right. And you are concerned about the Reapers and the Collectors, but. It's uh, it's, its focus lies elsewhere, I guess. Right. Which is fine. It's just that would have been a nice thread to continue.
0: Yeah, and the the change of pace too was interesting because they, some people were like, why are we focusing on the collectors? I mean, we got to go for the reapers. And some people forget that we eventually figure out the collectors are with the reapers. So continuing with the collectors draws us closer to the reapers. But whatever.
1: Yeah, because they used to be the Protheans. Right. The Reapers got a hold of them, scrambled their DNA. What and a twist. They turned them into giant cockroaches.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I like but dislike the collect, uh, the collectors and the Protheans because they do look like humanoid insects. It's nasty. I don't like insects. But, uh, <laughs> So after this, we go to the Citadel. After we have like a, a little bit of a hissy fit with Saren, he kind of. Pulls a Kylo wrench and starts throwing things around yep. the room and stuff like a little infant. <laughs> um, so then we get a chance to talk to the Chancellor Udina, who I never really was a big fan of. What do you feel about Udina?
1: Is he the human dude? Yeah. he. Yeah. I believe he gets, in the last two games so far, I assume possibly in the third if he survived or whatever. Uh, so he's gotten hit twice. <laughs> um wait,
0: when did you get in too? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know you can hit the reporter oh, in all three. Oh games.
1: right, okay. Uh maybe that's not the case then. But I know that um blanking out his name, Black Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. There we go. Mr. <laughs> Mr Anderson. Uh he he knocks him out. He knocks you now, cold. Because uh, he needs to go.
0: He got clocked. <laughs>
1: I think he needs to go turn off something or turn on something.
0: Oh yeah, release it... the locks on the. Noma yeah, Duke.
1: and Udina's, uh kind of in his way, so <laughs> he causes a bit of a distraction. I I see where Udina's coming from, but he's a bureaucrat, and just I'm not not a fan. Which is the point. You're yeah. not supposed to like him as a character. So, in that <laughs> sense, I really like him don't like him personally
0: yeah and udina's case for me it'd be like a and not really a love hate but more like a like hate relationship i don't personally love the character i get what he's doing though and as shepherd as you can choose shepherd to be in some of the other characters too you establish that yeah, it's common that politicians are just not liked. I mean, as politicians, you do what you gotta do, but it's just a common thing that politicians just aren't liked very much in the Mass Effect series. Um, so we get to the Citadel, we see this wonderful uh, masterpiece of uh, a spacecraft, a space station. And unfortunately this, i since I played three first, this first scene was, while it was very beautiful for me, or to me, I just, you know, I've already seen the Citadel at this point, so it was a great scene, but it just didn't hit me as well. How how did you feel?
1: I thought it was really cool. Uh, The design is great. Mass Effect's um, visual style is very unique. Um, Honestly, it's one of the most well-thought-out sci-fi IPs that I've ever come across. Um, And the Citadel is really no exception. Uh, it's just a giant mass relay that the Reapers use to try and get into the, uh, to the Milky Way. It's...
0: What a twist. Whoa, it's, it's a, a tweet. T- it's a
1: great design. I like the way the, the arms can open and close. and uh, it, It's just a solid piece of work. Um, yeah, can't really t- <laughs> give Mass Effect enough praise for taking something completely original making something great out of it because every every book or game or comic is kind of based off of something now, and Mass Effect is a wholly original property that is blown away so far. Oh
0: yeah, that's, that's what I was so good about it too, is um, fortunately with each game they have this grand reveal of the Citadel that makes each first appearance in each game very unique so for when i when i saw it for the first time in three i was blown away for sure in the first game i still had a very deep connection to it but it wasn't it wasn't a first impression of it so unfortunately i didn't get that feeling but it was still a very good reveal for me uh the citadel uh even to this day is even with the nexus two and andromeda these places are these st- stations where you just want to for me, I just wanted to keep exploring it. I just wanted to go here and go there and find every nook and cranny that could be explored to figure out what was going on here. And yeah, I really enjoy the Citadel as a hub. It was just very excellent. And there's a lot to do there. Yep. We have a, we you can easily spend like over four hours just exploring the Citadel in the first outing
1: alone. Yeah, and even just the uh trying to scan all of the uh, oh yeah all the keepers the keepers yeah, yeah. trying to scan them can take <laughs> forever that, yeah. so one downside about Mass Effect is that it doesn't really keep track of what you haven't or have done in terms yeah. of if there's an objective that, that has let's say multiple points it doesn't say okay you've collected this of this yeah. it just gives you oh it's is it Forty something.
0: It's like thirty or forty, yeah. I think.
1: And it's like, well, you've done this many so far, but it doesn't show you where the ones you checked off on. Of. Yeah. So I've I went back to multiple keepers several times, just because I didn't remember some of the areas that well, and I didn't. The playthroughs were over the course of a couple of months, and I just couldn't remember where I was.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it it's definitely one of those points where. Some at some points, I, I like the game holding my hand. This is one of those moments where I'm like, please hold my hand because I want to finish this mission, but I don't want to just. But I do appreciate how it kind of encourages you to just want to explore and f- you know find them all right. because finding them leads you to other uh, options, to other dialogue options you can run into other yeah, characters. and there's
1: there's unique little Easter eggs that you see in other games. And that's yeah something. For, is that even your small options mm-hmm. um, like there's a there's a character in Mass Effect 1 who she she it turns out she's leading this criminal syndicate and you can convince her to turn her life around and then in Mass Effect 2 you run into her and she's running kind of like a home for at-risk youth and she's bringing them in and making sure that they have a, have a safe place they're not living a life of crime Which is really neat, because the other option is to kill her. So, I wouldn't have gotten that unique little interaction had I not done that. Um, So, just another fantastic job of the game's tracking your progress. And there's a lot of stuff in Mass Effect 1 that you do that ends up affecting... In little ways here and there, but... That's kind of what's important, is the little stuff, is what I appreciate in Mass Effect. Um... Mass Effect 1's main story was okay. Uh, I liked the character interactions a lot more. Uh, Mass Effect 2 was a solid mix, but I I really loved the focus on the, the secondary characters. I've, I'm like maybe an hour into Mass Effect 3, mm. um, so I can't speak for that yet. But Andromeda definitely was about the side characters, and you don't get the... The same impact because you have these are all new characters and there was no game preceding Andromeda that was like a prequel and currently there's no sequel uh you know that's been mentioned so it's a shame that we're not going to get most of those carry-throughs because uh, it, it does start with was your shepherd a male or female and that's basically where it leaves it you don't get anything else
0: um. Yeah, the the ending part of it was interesting. How they kind of did connect the uh, Reaper invasion to three at the end with those voice clips. It was very nice. I was I was definitely hoping for more, but um, hopefully that is established in the future. Because I whether they will be going to Endymion again or not, we don't know. But it would be nice if they because. Let's be honest, it is an easy fix, they're- hopefully they're not scared enough to return to it, but yeah, we'll see. Um, let's see here, so... Actually, was- what was your favorite mission with the Citadel?
1: Um,
0: Because we had the fan, Conrad Werner, we had the, uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, I I liked it at first, but then Mass Effect 2 came, and <laughs> he basically stole your identity, and now I kind of hate him. Um, well, I like the reporter stuff. I think he, I don't think he stole your
0: identity. Yeah, I he's just he... like,
1: I'm a Commander Shepard type. He's like, he's a Spectre. You are not a Spectre. You don't have training. You're wearing aftermarket armor. You do not know how to fight. And he straight up admits that. And if he goes into any sort of combat situation, he's going to get murdered.
0: He's like, my wife even paid for my ticket off-world. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it was really good, though. They they did a good job with um, It's It's really funny, too, how the Citadel was one of those many places in the game. Or actually, it's just one of those... The Citadel, I mean, is definitely a place where I wanted to explore it all, like I said before. A vast space station that... One of the most unique, beautiful spaces that... Is a staple throughout all three games. And... It's kind of a... Like, this opening world is a massive foreshadowing for how we become, like, a father for the galaxy. Fixing everyone's problems. That's pretty much what we did for the (laughs) Citadel and the Citadel. Um, like with Conrad, we kind of encourage him to, you know, do whatever he can. Um, even though we kind of deter him from not being what what we are at first in the first game, we're just telling him, Hey, be a fan, you know, spread the word what we're doing here and just leave it at that. Um, we do something with the consort. We kind of stomp out some rumors, which was kind of like, why am I doing this? Why am I the messenger boy? (laughs) Um, but then it goes to deeper things, like I forgot his name, but he was an it was, it was an Indian uh, guy who, um, his wife was fighting the Geth, and right. she, was she a ends soldier. up dying, and we mm-hmm.
1: need to requisition her body or whatever.
0: Yeah, and it was cool how the mission turns out. How you had uh, a couple different choices. You can actually either convince the husband that the the body is required to stay with the uh, with the Alliance to study further to prevent further deaths by the Geth, where you can convince him that, hey, we're gonna give you the body back, or vice versa with the other guy who's keeping the body. I actually just noticed that in my last playthrough that you can actually convince the husband that, hey, they need the body still. And the key point here is that it's still a Paragon option at that point. Hmm. I didn't know that before, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that if you didn't convince him that it was needed, or let me rephrase that. I thought that if you didn't get him the body back to the wife, wow, to the husband, that it was going to be automatically renegade. But there's actually like three to four different scenarios right. like in that situation. And it's just really heartfelt. Um, a lot of these different things, the variety that the Citadel provides, like that's why I say you can easily spend about four plus hours in the first outing in the Citadel alone. And of course, you recruit the majority of the crew there, which is really cool. You know, really, thats something different how the rest of the games work, too. Like, the the first game, you recruit all the people in the Citadel. uh, Two and three, it's kind of like all spread out, which I like how they did that differently. Uh, Let me see here. And I remember, you you mentioned the, the reporters earlier, too?
1: Yes. Yeah, I like the reporter.
0: So we had Emily Wong, which I'm sure you were referring to. And then we have yes. Al Jelani.
1: Or Al, Al Jelani, something like that. she the one Al who's Jelani. trying to, like, trip you up?
0: Yeah, the one you can punch at all three games.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I like, uh, I like Wong. Jeez.
0: It's a shame because I... Uh, and feel free to fact check me on this. Some of these things may not be completely accurate. But um, Emily Wong, I believe, was supposed to be in the third game. But the voice actor departed. So they ended up getting um, Jessica choboat I'm probably mispronouncing her name for the third game, which is a bummer because I mean, while I like the new character that Jessica played, I would have preferred Emily Wong. I think she's a cameo. I think you get an email from her or something, but I'm, I think Bioware confirmed that she died in between the
1: games or something. Oh, like that's that. a shame. Yeah, It could have been like she got a new job.
0: She's <laughs>
1: she's at you know HQ or whatever. She's like she she's a vice president or whatever. But no, they're like, ah, she's dead.
0: Yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it with with all Jelani, I don't remember I think you can interact or, interact or, interact with her in the second game, but I don't know if you got a chance to talk to her in the second can game you or creeper
1: but... fire? <laughs>
0: Toss her <laughs> onto
1: the spike, so to speak. Oh gosh.
0: Oh man. I It's actually pretty funny how they handled that, too, with Emily Wong, that she was really down to, you know, she was really down to earth and wanted to take down Fist and, you know, naturally a pretty sweet woman. And then you get to Al Jelani, who is someone that most reporters are like in pop culture. They're usually just really obnoxious in your face, etc. and kind of just mean, and you know she's coming from a good po- uh, from a good place, to some degree as you see in three. But it's funny how you can treat her per- professionally, or you can be completely renegade and <laughs> and like 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 a lot of Hollywood does, you just punch her. But now that I think about, it, I don't remember meeting her in two. But I'm pretty sure you can. It's just I think you got to run into her on the Citadel. But I don't really go to the Citadel too much. I think I go to it like twice, and I just kind of skip through it. Uh, after that but um now that i think about it i kind of would have liked seeing a character more like dc's question as a reporter yeah like i think that would have been really cool like they're a reporter but they join us too, like to kind of help keep the story legit and stuff but they fight too
1: right i i like the aspect that shepherd is basically viewed as a weird conspiracy theorist to Mass Effect 1 and to an extent 2. <laughs> um, and it starts off with three shepherds like, I told you they're coming! Uh, but that would have been cool to see a a reporter who's following you along. Um, I guess it, w- it would have to be to the effect of like, oh, my lens was on the whole time so i couldn't record and that's why <laughs> that's why there's no proof or like oh shoot my camera got destroyed during this mission or you know whatever or the, the file was corrupted. just the, these events where one person believes you but they're also kind of insane so nobody's willing to believe them either like maybe he he also claims to have caught footage of space Bigfoot, and that ruined his,
0: his <laughs> reputation, so like, uh, you're the best oh, I man. can get, you know? What was that, did, did you ever see that movie Sky Captain in you know, the World of Tomorrow? Yes, I did. So, y- 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 you know where I'm getting at with that, with the, uh, yeah, with the camera? Polly, yeah, Holly. yeah, was like, oh shoot, my, ke-
1: my lens has been on the whole time, or the very and me, without my film.
0: What a way to end the movie. (laughs) That was, for those, uh, watch Sky Captain of the World Tomorrow. Such a great movie. I was, I'm I'm ashamed it didn't do too good. It's
1: really hokey and campy, but it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, it was really good. So, um, I think with this episode, we can draw it to a close and then.
1: Yeah, continue on. uh...
0: With the, yeah, because we touched a bit about like the beginning, but we still got, Theorem with Liara, we can talk more about the uh, recruitment missions too if you wanted to, and then Exogeny and all that other stuff, so oh, yeah. yeah, there's still plenty of Mass Effect to talk into, so um, I think for now, we should go. Okay. <laughs> and there we are. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it. By leaving a rating, subscribing, and sharing the podcast with others. That way more people can see it. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout out in our next episode. But due to my podcasts being available not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see your rating, send me a copy either via email or preferably on Instagram. Our social media, such as my i.escape.i Instagram or my uh, Kingdom Hearts fan page Your Favorite Heartless or Josh's fan page Star Wars New Horizons and other things like or our other projects like I Believe in Monsters and Popcast, YouTube and more are linked in the show notes below special shout out to Austin and Ozone for producing the wonderful track Ellis designs or is it Ellis designs presents austin ozone i have no idea but either way (laughs) the uh link to this beautiful track will be in the show notes below so do be sure to support the artist by checking out that link and the intro song titled we are the future was produced by me if you like a copy let me know so until the wind hits our sails yet again i will see you in the next escape And until then, later days.